<laughs> this is the drive-in podcast. Take one. Bada pink, bada boom. Welcome to episode 115 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have episode recaps for episode 5 for Obi-Wan Kenobi and episode 4 of The Boys. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 115 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy duty! welcome to episode 115 of TDI. This is Dr. O on the horn to lead off as always. I'm the Ichiro Suzuki of this podcast, but then we're following up with... Do we, do we go with A-Rod? Do we go with A-Rod, Seattle Mariners, like 2001? Is that what we're going with, Ricky Flex? I guess so. So A-Rod, how we doing, buddy? Ricky Flex on the horn. <laughs> yes, Boys aficionado, Star Wars aficionado, everything aficionado. How we doing? I can't say I've been called A-Rod before in my life, but I guess today's the day. Um, doing all right. I Kenobi was good. The boys was good. I can't really complain. Still haven't seen Jurassic World uh, Dominion, and I'm debating if I'm going to see it. I don't know. Should I see it? So we have a potential double feature this weekend if you go see it with Pixar's Lightyear next week's review. I I don't know if I'm gonna see it. Mm. I'm still debating it. I I'm not a Jurassic World guy. I'm just not. I I still have not seen the second one. I've only seen oh bits and pieces. God. I've only seen bits right. and pieces. I was thinking about watching it yesterday, but I ended up trying to finish Stranger Things. I fell asleep again. I'm only in episode five of Stranger Things. I still can't. Oh my it. god, you, you haven't finished Stranger Things? No. That's wow. The reason why we're not recapping it. There, that is the reason. I didn't think of that. I, I assumed you finished it. Oof. It Stranger is things. good. Stranger, Stranger things, things, it's better than Obi-Wan. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. It's better than Obi-Wan. Like, that's an interesting take because I think it is. But if I had to pick, would I rather watch Stranger Things this season or Darth Vader and Obi-Wan? I'm picking Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Like, if you did, like, a character draft between the two shows, like, Darth Vader's going number one. Right. And, and I... I still, I think Stranger and that's Things not even is, just because of nostalgia. It's just because like yeah. coolest character from either show. It's like Stranger Things is the better show or better season of television, but I would still pick Obi-Wan to watch because of date of Vader. Cause I have to see Darth Vader and how dominant he is. It's unbelievable. This episode literally showed his like mockery of everybody else. And it was, it was amazing. This was I think we're going to lead off with Obi-Wan because I feel like we have to. That gets top billing over the boys. Sorry, the boys. We know you're the best show on TV right now. But Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, Star Wars comes first. This was the episode of Delivery. They delivered in episode five. It wasn't the best episode, in my opinion, so far. It still belongs to episode three. But Agreed. How did it deliver? We get backstories on mysterious new characters in the Star Wars lore. We're getting backstories on Tala. 
We're getting backstories on Reva, right? Third sister. And then we're keep we keep going. What else did we deliver on? No, no Darth Vader in the previous episode. Guess what? Even though he's not facing Obi-Wan here, we get more Darth Vader, menacing Darth Vader. Okay. So in terms of delivering, all right, making up for last week's episode, I think Obi-Wan did just fine. Did have a couple flaws with the episode, but overall, I dug it. How about you, Ricky Flex? Initial reactions. Yeah, definitely dug it. I think like there are, it definitely has its flaws, but if we're just looking at it, this was more than just like a like a popcorn fun. This was like all about Star Wars, Obi Wan versus Vader. Even though they didn't even face off against each other, that's what drove this episode. And then it had the twists. It had twists in it, mm-hmm. and unexpected twists. Yes, the Riva twist. A lot of people suspected. Yes, I'm not talking about that one. I am talking about the implications on Tatooine at the end with Luke Skywalker. Did not see that coming. I, I, I just didn't see that coming. If you did, like, kudos to you, like, snaps to you. I, I was shocked. Right when I see Camille and Johnny, like, by the way, he's back, um, drop it. I'm like, oh boy, if Vader sees that, like, that just, like, that, I don't know how they're going to swing that for episodes four, five, and six. But luckily, it went to the hands of Reva. So I'm happy about that. So I'm not going to get mad on this episode, which I'm happy about. Solid cliffhanger to end the episode for sure with Organa talking about Luke and then obviously the pan to Luke on Tatooine on the bed. I did also want to talk about, I missed one important, uh, uh, I guess, one important scene from the this episode talking about delivering from last episode and delivering from what we haven't seen so far. We get to finally see Anakin Skywalker's face, played by Hayden Christensen. We have been waiting. We have been saying, what is he getting paid tens of millions of dollars for? What is he possibly doing to earn that? It looks like he earned that bulk during this flashback sequence with him and Obi-Wan going attack the clones, classic rat tail, right? What do you think about the look of, of Anakin in this in this flashback sequence that they go to they come back to multiple times this episode? Do you think they pulled it off? Does he look like young Anakin? No, no, I don't think that, I don't think it works. People saying online that like they'd rather have that than the de aging technology. Hmm. I don't know about that, Jim. After seeing the Mandalorian season two with Luke Skywalker and season three, I think that's good enough. Couple touch think, ups here and there, right? Yeah, the makeup, some of those wrinkles. I think the makeup didn't do it for me. It didn't. Um, the acting, I don't really care about. The look is what I cared about, and it didn't. I appreciate them trying, but I will say to counterbalance that to make it like not disappointing was the actual like fighting. I thought it was very good. I thought the fighting between him as a Padawan, technically still Padawan um, and (laughs) Obi-Wan, very good. I was really happy with that core. That reminded me of episodes one through three, how the choreography with the lightsaber battles is just so much better than episodes four through six. So I'm really happy they continued that. And I know you mentioned it in our show notes here, the not so subtle metaphor. I still loved it. I still loved it. Like <laughs> so literal. It's literally it's again reminding me of episodes one through three. Let's just get as literal as it get as we can, you know? So no, I liked it a lot. Yes, the for me at least, they should have de-aged him a little bit. It should not it would not have been as hard as Mark Hamill going. 30 years or whatever, 40 years back in time as they did in the Mandalorian and looked that good. It was only 10 years or, oh God, 17 years, 17 years 
or whatever it is Don't for episode three. So I guess what I my takeaways from that app from that scene, this that's ultimate fan service. You didn't necessarily necessarily need it. We already know the backstory of Anakin Skywalker. We know how cocky of a guy he is. We know how wise Obi Wan is. Okay, with his experience, it was just okay. We need to show Anakin Skywalker's face. How can we do it? All right, let's parallel it with what's happening in the current episode that's taking place. Uh, I did think that the lightsaber battle, they were kind of taking notes in terms of like uh, the showrunners here, Deborah Chow, on some criticisms of episodes one through three. Sometimes the choreography was a little too much with those lightsaber battles, looking at you, Revenge of the Sith, right, on Mustafar. Don't but you dare. They, they, no, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it. But they, 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 they wound a little bit back on the reel, right? They pulled it back a little tiny bit, okay? Maybe you don't have the athleticism of Ewan McGregor or an Anakin Skywalker mm. back in the day, but it did feel like they pulled back a little bit. And the fact that they didn't de-age, I was a little shocked just because we have seen de-aging technology used in previous Star Wars uh, projects, right? Whether you're talking about Rogue One, you've already talked about Luke Skywalker in both in uh, Mandalorian Season 2 and in the Book of Boba Fett, right? Also, I cannot forget Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, but he doesn't look old. I'll give him that. Like, dude, he's, he's been taking care of himself. We, we know, like, the dark path that Star Wars children, right, without success, like, in later <laughs> later part of their career, what it can do, just look up Jake Lloyd, all right? Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That, like, I, 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 that was doing, mean. He's not doing well right now. Okay, that was but, mean. Yeah, sorry, but... He looks good. He looks good right now. So uh, it was cool to see him. And I think for any prequel fan and any somehow like Attack of the Clone fan, if you find it way down deep inside yourself that you like that movie, good for them. I think for them. Now, let me ask you a question here, doctor. For all the hype around Hayden Christensen returning to this series, is that enough to live up to the hype? That one, that one scene throughout this, or like well, that one fight, is that enough to live up to the hype? I think so. You I think, think so. so? Yeah, I don't. Th- I didn't expect much from him. He hasn't done much acting. What, what did he do back in the day? He did uh, uh, after Star Wars. He was in that sci-fi movie. Uh, it was a jumper, jumper, right? He's been a, he's been in more stuff than you think. It's like an 08 movie. I think Jumper was a sci-fi movie he was in. He hasn't done much acting since then. Doesn't have any like recent experience really. And so when you go up to a high stakes project like Star Wars, where fan expectations are through the roof, you want to limit his screen time. Let's put him in the garb that he wore during the prequels. Okay, before he was evil. Anakin, let's put him in Attack of the Clones level, where he still had that competitive edge, and he still was under the tutelage of one Obi Wan. I think it was perfect, the timing of this flashback. And uh, it, ju- it came just enough. Like, he didn't have to over-deliver. He still had the same, pretty much the same delivery he had from the prequel trilogy in episodes two and three. I thought it was fine. I thought, like, the timing of it was perfect. I forgot he was in Takers. But am I right? Jumpers in the movie? Yeah, that, that you are correct. And I confused that with uh, Looper sometimes. Later. And I was like, wow, what if he was in Looper instead of, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> He was a, he's actually been in more movies, just nothing good. Um and recently, back, what's the most recent thing he's been in? Uh 2019, The Last Man. Hmm. And he he's, he did a movie like he did a movie in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2015, two and 2014. It's all indies. Like, I don't even want to say indie, just like not good. 
Really? Just like like streaming, probably action movie? Yeah, or VOD. <laughs> like straight to VOD in the box office. How did we let this happen to him? It was the episodes one through three, but man. We've seen so many actors who go on with crappy action franchises that do well. Why couldn't we do something for Hayden Christensen? Now, I'm looking at his IMDb here, and I see, like, obviously, Obi-Wan TV miniseries. Do you know the only other thing that's on his IMDb that's coming up? Coming up? Yeah. Ahsoka? Right. And do you know what year IMDb says is that's coming out? 23. 2027. Okay, yeah. So the, the needs an update. IMDb, you are no longer trusted. They you got it. The, it's now Rotten Tomatoes are bust for us. No more. That's IMDb. crazy. How, IMDb, what is that? 2027. Where this are they getting their information? That, that, but that, that's honestly atrocious in this day day of technology. Like the reliancy that we have on IMDb to be so off. What, what, Watch it now. There's another pandemic that happens that pushes us to 2027. <laughs> then we're like, God damn it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, there's a new strain, strain of COVID. But um, also last night, do you know how old, <laughs> <laughs> know how old Hayden Christensen is? Really funny. Uh, I think he's 40. Yeah, he's 41. I'm really so, good at like predicting on this podcast. You are. I don't, think, I don't know if anyone like, realizes ages. that. I'm really good at like Rotten Tomatoes score. Age, all right? Except... I don't. I, I'm pretty bad at the uh, Stranger Things characters. If you remember from a couple episodes ago, their yeah, actual ages. That wasn't pretty. But no, I I I really did like this episode. I did like Hayden Christensen. He does look a little older, but you're you're right. Like he does look like a good 41. <laughs> He's just not 18 like he should be in Attack of the Clones. Um, so I would have done the I would have done the de aging. Yes. So I guess we can move on a little bit uh, because there, as I said before, like the metaphor it was so literal. It was just saying like over competitiveness, right? Too eager to win. And then obviously Obi-Wan has to put the man in his place. But I think we should also talk about two characters, two newcomers to the Star Wars universe. We have Tala, who is who is helping a former member of the Empire, we find out, okay, who is helping Jedis or uh move, I guess, in silence uh, across the galaxy and into safety away from the Inquisitors. And then we had Reva. I think we should start off with Tala. What do you think about the big reveal of her character? What uh, what caused her to go from the Empire and now serve as a spy for right the I don't know if they're called the the Empire. Uh, oh, no, no, rebels. no, Agent. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the Rebels, I guess. So like she is like working for the Rebels. What do you think about her backstory and her motivations in this episode? I'm fine with it. I I think kind of lame. Yeah, like I'm fine <laughs> with it. No, it's similar complex. to the O'Shea Jackson where he just it's a quick line and that's it. But with unlike O'Shea Jackson, we've had this character since episode two. We've had this character for a while now. It's like, all right, like I would have liked something more or earlier. I don't know. I think they try to intrigue us and then have a little twist there, but it's not really a twist. It's just like, oh, OK, moving on. <laughs> like shows she was with the Empire at first. She did have those beliefs. Like, I don't know. I just think you're right. It was a little lame, but at the end of the day, she's not a core character, as in Vader. So I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. 
It's a little sketchy how they gave backstories and then just kill the characters immediate immediately. They just rogue wonder ass like right after we found out like her whole purpose. Well, all of a sudden she's blowing well, herself up. But, but like, they have to, it. right? Like they have to cover their like, tracks for episode four in Rogue One. They have to cover their tracks, so it's like yeah. Okay, no, I'm just saying to. like like obviously sacrifice. No one like they're pretty much like solidifying the fact that we're not going to see this character again unless Star Wars gives yet another spinoff to a minor character, but. I I appreciate it. They made an effort to give her a backstory, but honestly, you could have said nothing and it would have had the same effect. <laughs> like just, I agree. Like, it's just like there was no specific. It just added there's minutes. No, there's like no even names given. It's just like, oh yeah, felt bad, went to the other side. I'm like, that's it? Like Sick, you can't bro. Even, same with like, everybody you, else. Like, can it be a reference to a former Star Wars movie or maybe to the show that like you could throw in there? Like just to have it so plain. I was like, ah, okay. But I think we should also talk about Reva. Uh, actually, we should got to talk about Reva's, I mean, uh, Tala's death. Tala's death, sacrificing herself, right, in front of the stormtroopers so Obi-Wan can go reach O'Shea Jackson, Ice Cube Jr., and the rest of the squad, making sure they can get transit peacefully off planet. It was uh, a little emotional seeing that robot they sacrifice, <laughs> sacrifice himself. I like that. I like that. It, it- I liked it. I didn't love it because, like, you know, we saw the droid like w- like once saving Obi Wan and like a little bit before, but like they tried to make it like bigger than what it was. I think, but it kind of worked, so I'm okay with it too. And I'm like, you have a grenade on you. Why not just throw it towards the people so it's guaranteed some more kills? I didn't understand that either. Like, why would just you like, just hold it and then hold? It just blows up yeah. in a zillion pieces. Like at least like throw <laughs> it. At least, that. at least throw it. And then maybe give yourself a chance with the droid blocking for shield or something. Like, I didn't understand uh-huh. that. Uh, but whatever, I guess. Like, she it, had to, like I said, she has to dive the job. the tracks. <laughs> <It> certainly <laughs> did the job. Oh, rest in peace, Tala. But I think we also, just natural progression here, move on to another backstory that was given in this episode. We got to talk about Third Sister. Recently granted, okay, as the next Grand Inquisitor. I believe that was at the beginning of this episode. Am I right, Ricky Flex? Yes, sir. Grand Inquisitor, all right, after failing Darth Vader numerous times, Darth Vader finds it in himself to grant Reva as the new Grand Inquisitor, all right, for tracking Obi-Wan, bringing Darth Vader to him and the planet that Obi-Wan is residing at until he seeks peaceful transit. We find out what many had expected, that Reva was a youngling during the killings of order 66 by palpatine where we have anakin destroying younglings right master 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 skywalker what are we to do destroyed destroyed uh i i knew this scene was coming i had a feeling just because at the beginning of this episode it said i think i'm gonna read it out loud i tweeted it It was like like, it was like beware there's unsettling images or depictions in this i'm like we're gonna see some killing of younglings baby <laughs> that's what we're gonna see this episode. it's like what we thought we were gonna see in the first scene of episode one and right. then this is like we gone full circle here and that's what like kind of tipped people off uh to reva being a former youngling what i don't get is okay she's a former youngling she's doing this to get revenge on vader so she's killed jedi she has killed jedi on her quest or on her path to the grand inquisitor Yes, that's like that's I had a crazy. problem with this. I got that's, multiple. That's a with that's this. a huge, huge writing issue or plot issue, I should say. That's big. 
this is like a big time keep your friends close keep your enemies closer she wants to kill vader you're at the grand inquisitor level you feel like this is the moment where it's actually possible that's where i kind of buy that obi-wan's helping her out because it makes sense that she would turn on him at this point she has reached the level of grand inquisitor like you can't get any closer to dark vader but we end up finding by the end of the episode, Darth Vader's a lot smarter than she than she thinks, obviously, when yeah, we have the, the reappearance of the original Grand Inquisitor played by Rupert Friend. What I didn't like about this, Ricky Flex, what I didn't like is that throughout the first four episodes, there was such a ambition for Reva as third sister to take down Obi-Wan. And there seemed like there was so much passion towards it. And there seemed to be like some type of vendetta towards obi-wan but it there was no there was no vendetta towards obi-wan there the was no hatred other than like to anakin because he was his padawan master like his uh his master jedi master you i guess I mean? the vendetta to obi-wan would be that he didn't save them the young ones but it didn't feel like to me that's so not justified like i agree i'm just saying like, that's the you, vendetta I, and i they did cover the tracks ricky folks by what you just said because they said, where were you? Like, she, Reva said, where were you when I was happened? on a different planet, bro. He was really to... fighting another Sith Lord, like, during the situation <laughs> with six lightsabers. Like, take the off. The second strongest Sith in the galaxy. At that point, probably the strongest, be, like, behind, like, Palpatine and Vader, who, yell, who, are, who were yet to unveil themselves. So, I just didn't buy that. I'm like, why did you hate him so much? Like, like you, you made it seem like, yes, you want to bring him to Vader and prove yourself. But it also seemed like there was some underlying hatred that I thought was going to be revealed with some type of backstory. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, yes, they did cover their tracks on that. But mm. it's it's just, I don't know. It just The whole season kind of is like now in question with that character and their motives. And the fact that how dumb she thinks vader is is questionable and how then she goes i don't want your help obi-wan to take down darth vader questionable mm-hmm. uh, and and then her the classic like we all knew those coming but like we all said like is it really is she really gonna be this stupid and just try to hit someone with the that's so strong with the force the chosen one that he won't sense her presence trying to stab him in the back with a lightsaber like, he's going to feel that presence. He's the most metachlorians in his body of any being in the galaxy. He's going to feel that. Like, what are and we I, thinking? I, I like how they did that at the end with Vader. We're like, yeah, you think I'm this dumb? You think yeah. I don't realize this? I feel the Force. I am the Force. And right? Then, <laughs> it's like, it, and it's so funny to me that he's like, she's not even worthy for me to take out my lightsaber. Like she doesn't deserve the death by my Darth Vader's light. We're, we're don't break down the battle yet. We're gonna do that. Do not do not. But I'm just trying to that. say how like a much of a letdown she must have felt, and also the character at the end, just like her whole. That's the Grand Inquisitor, where it, like it literally in Sith history, you're supposed to take down like your master or whatever, and that was that like embarrassing. Right, mentor, mentee, mentee takes down the mentor. Yeah, on That's the dark what side or whatever. Yeah. yeah, traditional trope in Star Wars. But before we get to that battle between Reva and Vader, because there are a couple things leading up to it that have to do with Vader. And before we get to Darth Vader in this episode, I need to say, Ricky Flex, I think this is the best Darth Vader we've ever seen in a Star Wars project. All right, we got to simmer down. 
what, what do you mean best? Like as in like wearing the suit. Like you know, like we talk about. A movie. He was walking fast for someone. Episode no three, legs. episode four, Rogue One, episode five, episode six. In my opinion, this is the best like single project we have seen with someone wearing a Darth Vader suit. Okay. And being Darth Vader, not Anakin episode three, where he puts on the suit for five seconds. This is the most like menacing. And this is exactly what I imagined Darth Vader to be when this show was first being developed. And it, is, and it included the fact that Darth Vader was going to have a prominent role as the main villain. Do you disagree or agree? I think I get what you're saying because Darth Vader, what we think of Darth Vader before this series is like, oh my God, this guy can take down anyone. He's a menace to society. He doesn't care about anything except victory, like in this literal meeting in this episode. But like we never saw in episodes four through six, really, that alpha mentality from Vader. So I see that yeah. side of the argument here. So I, I guess I would say yes, but that one ending scene in Rogue One is just all time. Yeah, it's all time. It's an all time movie scene, not just Star Wars. We cannot, we cannot forget the inclusion of the worst pun in movie history in Rogue. No, 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 but let's just cannot forget the worst pun in movie history. I hope you don't choke on your aspirations. It's. I was gonna put the clip in, but that was good enough. We'll keep that. (laughs) No, take add the clip now. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director. And then, and then, but am I wrong? We haven't, like, Rogue One, Darth Vader scene at the end. That's the best Vader scene still. Yes, scene. But like when you look back on this, Ricky, we have we have yet to see the second battle between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. I'm waiting again. Episode this what happened this episode? This one, Draymond Green like motion like tapping KD. This episode, right? Arguably was better action than episode three. I'll tell you that. And guess what? The dialogue remained menacing. James Earl Jones still killing the one liners in this episode. The lightsaber action is almost better at this one just because it's cooler. Snapping the Darth the Maul twirling-esque Inquisitor lightsaber in half, being so powerful. He's like, take the other half, right? Let's go. That you want to try and challenge me? That was Alpha like, yeah, mentality. you want you want to bring your own ball? Let's go. Let's play, baby. I, I, I love how much he uses the Force. It just shows how powerful he is, how we powerful he is with the Force. Because like Jedi's like, throughout like episodes one through six even even seven through nine it's like the jet like jedis use the force like sometimes but it's like they don't have enough power or mental strength to use it again we're like in this episode for example when reva reva um drops her lightsaber or no no when he throws the lightsaber to her uh vader does to her she doesn't use the force to pick it up i always think like if i'm a freaking jedi i'm never bending down to pick up anything but they always do why it's because like they're saving their energy but like it's like potato looking for the remote, which is like force. But yeah, exactly. Like why wouldn't you use the force all the time? But it's because they can't because of like the energy they ex- exude exude on it. But like Vader's like, no, I could freaking take down a whole ship, and then also use the wait, force wait, wait, to wait, battle. Wait, 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 wait. We gotta break. <laughs> we have to. We have to lead into it. We have to lead into it. All right, because at this point, right after Talus sacrifices herself, uh, and kills a crop of stormtroopers. Okay. Reva indicates to Vader that Obi-Wan's in there. Okay. 
Darth Vader does his Anakin Skywalker episode three type of quick march, the fastest we've ever seen someone move in a Darth Vader suit. Not running though, not running though. All right, walking fast. through, walking through, and then finds that there are a bunch, a bunch of, um, I guess rebels, or I guess a bunch of, uh, what do you want to call them? Are they rebels? Let's just say it. Rebels in transit trying to go to another planet. Okay. And that's where we get to see the initial start of domination from Darth Vader, but it doesn't lead to a whole lot of success. So, best scene in the ripping off of doors, ripping off doors in one of the ships. Okay. What we end up having, right, is Reva confronting Vader and then another ship carrying the transit. Right, uh, carrying these peaceful, uh, carrying these passengers to another planet gets away for some reason. Darth Vader does not use the same exact tactic he just used against the second ship. Maybe it was too far away. Who knows? But then it lends to a one-on-one sequence. Reva, okay. Darth Vader obviously realizes she was a youngling. He acknowledges that in that one-on-one dialogue that makes Star Wars lightsaber battle so good. And then we could break it down from there. All right. So I, before we get to the actual lightsaber battle and we talk about what Vader did, ripping off those doors, using the force, stopping the ship from moving. What do you think about that whole sequence leading to the lightsaber battle? Best scene in the episode, better than the lightsaber scene. <laughs> so good. It was incredible. I don't know. Like you're telling me, it's like audience, you're like you're telling me, like if you didn't watch the episode and you listen to this, I don't know what you're doing first of all, but uh, also they would be like, you're telling me him taking down a ship with nobody in it and ripping doors off is better than a lightsaber uh, battle. Yes, I it. am telling you, you that. You have it. to see it. Like, and it goes back to the literal metaphor. This is actually why I love. I like that's why I don't really mind the literal metaphor because it literally goes back to that because he takes down the ship because he just he's so blinded literally that was what the says it's just like all right he sees that ship going away he uses all his energy you see he struggled a bit to take it down rips off like angrily rips off he's like oh, i freaking got him but nope and then he's stripped off the other ship goes off and it's like maybe he doesn't have the energy to take down another ship maybe that back to what i was saying before so i don't know i also agree that's kind of like iffy because he's also the almighty alpha in the universe, but whatever. But how did he not see that ship behind the other ship? Because he's <laughs> like, blinded. He's blinded. Because yes, he thinks everyone's that. on that one, and then nobody's on the other. They're all fit I, into one. I guess that was a that was the payoff of the metaphor. It was just to me too obvious. Like you could have made it a little like the writing could have been a little bit more subtle, a little bit better. Like you got to give the audience some credit that we have some brains. We have some <laughs> brains here. But leading into the final batter, battle, as I said. Vader recognizes she was a youngling, right? Then we have the one-on-one. Vader chooses not to take out his lightsaber. He looks at the person he just anointed as Grand Inquisitor as nothing, as petty, as pathetic. And he proceeds to eviscerate her. Eviscerate her just like he did Obi-Wan using the Force, little hand gyrations. Like I, I, We posted a, uh, a tweet. Short 10-second clip of hand gyrations using the force, side-to-side movement, great footwork. I was literally thinking this guy could cut up a rug if he wanted to. So smooth with it. So smooth with it, Ricky Flex. He moved amazingly for someone that is basically has no legs. 
What so what do you think about him not using the lightsaber here? All force to basically dismantle Revo. I'm all out. I'm all in for uh him not taking out his lightsaber. I think for me that was the best part, like second best part of the fight. It's just that he didn't even take out his lightsaber. Like I said, she isn't worthy of Darth Vader's lightsaber to die by Darth Vader's lightsaber. I love that. And then I Obi-Wan didn't take it out earlier either in the episode. She isn't worthy. But she but I will say Obi-Wan, I do think will take it out against her next episode. But um prediction, hot take uh drive pod. But the best part is that all the for- all the times he used the force against her. Just saying nope, nope, nope. And it was amazing. I, I really what I wanted to do, and I might still do this. I wanted to take that video I took, put it into I put a song behind it. I was gonna I was gonna put like a little Bee Gees action, like more uh, than a woman, uh, where uh, or it's just uh, like oh. you know, the hand motions where he's like, boop, 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 boop. it's so good. The way he moves his hand, it just like it says it all. It's like I'm like I thought as I was watching this, I'm like, this is how I dance. This is probably the same speed that I'm going. I turn my turn my hips, open up really slow. And then I do my hands, boom, boom. And the I, cape, I he's got the hands, cape, the cape's I, flying. I let my hands do the work, right? Let my hands do the work. Um, but yeah, I thought that was awesome. And the one-liners that he was delivering, I thought were on point. James Earl Jones, he knows what the hell he's doing. Um, okay, and then final reveal of the episode, Grand Inquisitor, not dead. Like many people assume, did you predict that Ricky Flex that we'd see him again? There's no way that we weren't going to see him again after just one episode or two episodes. He's in the second episode. He died in the second or quote unquote died in the second episode. It was just way too little for the Grand Inquisitor. It was just way too little screen time. Yeah, I agree. Like it was just unlikely that he would have died in such an undramatic type of situation. Um, Yeah, so I guess... Where we need to kind of wrap up this episode before we get into predictions, we have Reva wounded, similarly to probably Grand Inquisitor at the end of episode two. We have uh, Reva picking up a tracker, okay, that has a, the the message from General Organa talking about Luke, okay, and how he uh, basically needs to live if Leia does not make this trek back, right to. General Organa. So I guess what what are your thoughts on I don't know how to put this. What are your thoughts on what Reva will do upon finding out this information? What's gonna happen? Is she gonna tell Vader? Is she gonna go herself? Like what is the situation now that Reva has this information? Well, first off, BS how she doesn't die. Like she needs to die. Vader should know better, better than anyone. That's ridiculous how the Grand they don't Inquisitor finish. just happened. Like, what is this? It's obviously like Disney, like making a storyline, like makes sense, but it just makes no sense from a character perspective. Especially the dark side. Like they would like no way they would just walk away with her breathing or They're just she, opening or an opportunity a for a potential spin-off show. <laughs> That's a spin-off, what's definitely. Um I swear to God, if we get the Reva Obi Wan as the last battle and not Obi Wan Vader last, we're gonna battle, get the Obi Wan Vader. No, no, no. But as the last battle of the season, last lightsaber battle, I'm going to throw a fit. They won't do that. You sure? No. Why throw this? But end? they won't do it. They'll show Luke at the end and then leading into Episode Four. That's what I'm getting the vibe for. Obi Wan yeah. well, saving I, yeah, Luke, we'll just and then end it'll lead with into the battle. It's gonna be like. 
Obi-Wan probably talking to Uncle Owen about Luke. That's the way the whole show is going to end. But I want to know, so you think Reva's going to end up having a one-on-one against Obi-Wan in the yeah. next episode? I do. I think so. I I don't love it. It's probably my prediction that I hate the most so far this season because I don't. I think she, Obi-Wan might just be like, I'm not going to fight you because I know there's good in you or something, like some wise tale. Nah, so maybe not. No, nah, nah, Obi-Wan is straight kicking ass next episode, bro. Do you think he gets Inquisitor before Vader? He's not going to fight three him. people, right? <laughs> you think he's going to fight Well, maybe he only fights two, and then he Kamel doesn't fight Nanjiani has, uh, he has obtained a lightsaber. Maybe he jumps into the fold. A... Jesus. He but, was uh, given a lightsaber. He yeah, gave it to him. That was crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I like He's not fighting all three. Um, but do you think he fights team. Reva? She's wounded, right? Um, I could see, I could see him. Fighting he's fighting Vader. Yeah, and then beyond and then that, I think he he would fight Reva over Grand Inquisitor. So then the Grand Inquisitor has to die somehow, though, before Episode Four. Or maybe he's the villain of the next show, next season. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good take. <laughs> that's a good. Take. That, I'm gonna hold that to my prediction. Why not? Um. Going beyond this, any other further predictions, uh, I guess, into the final episode? We are already at the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Any final thoughts before we move on to the boys? I think, hmm, I've been thinking a lot about what we said last episode of how this season's going to end. And, like, they're going to finish this without killing either Obi-Wan or Darth Vader or serious injuries, how they're going to spin it. But now there's talk of season two. I think it just throws everything in the in the rent like like I don't know. It really puts the uncertainty up in the air even more so now with a potential next season, but they haven't written a next season, so it's like and they didn't put like factor that into this season. So I just I honestly think everything's open right now. It's going to end somewhat open for the possibility of a next season because I don't right. think they've decided yet. But still but still have like the possibility of if they don't do another season, it still leads into episode four some way. It's going to be like a combination of those two open, but also lead into the episode four. I think also what I really want to bring up before we wrap up is Darth Vader. Uh, I brought up that. I think this is the best Darth Vader we've seen on screen, menacing, violent, right. Uh, type of figure really living up to the billing as maybe the greatest villain who's ever been in pop culture. I think if he, by him leaving Riva, it takes away from the character, obviously. But, and I, I want to say that hurts it compared to like other iterations of the character, but like, epi- I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. Like episode four, episode five, we've seen him pull back from killing people before this has happened much lesser figures. All right. So like episode four choke, like force choke doesn't end up demolishing guys, lets them go. Right. So Reva more intentional care, more like obviously more significant character, force choking her beforehand ends up making her grand inquisitor it is an egregious mistake to let her live at this point although if she lives she's just gonna want to please vader because she doesn't want to upset him and because she knows he'll destroy her right Mm, it had me till the last line there. what is she going to do with that information about luke go try to like because she also has like mad madness towards obi-wan right she's mad towards obi-wan but like, too. That's what i don't get like like when they when they presented that at the end i'm like so 
Like, like, is she going? But we to... know, but we know that she doesn't take it to Darth Vader because, or maybe she tries to, but Obi Wan stops her because of Episode Four. Right. I'm just saying, why does Reva want to kill her now? Like, kill Luke? Why? What is the vendetta against Obi Wan? Just because he let Anakin become bad, and he wasn't there when the younglings. I know we're, we're in agreement on this. It's BS. What but is that's the, what they're like, saying? Maybe like, there's more that they'll to say. To me, next that episode. is so ridiculous that they would have her try and attack Luke Skywalker <laughs> as a result. Maybe because she oh, actually, I figured this out. What do we got? She has a vendetta against. Oh my god, I'm younglings. She has a vendetta against Darth Vader. Okay, who's Darth Vader's kid? Leia. Message. Obviously, you find out Luke Skywalker is Darth Vader's kid. What's the ultimate but revenge the message, on Darth Vader killing Luke? I guess that but, works, but, but it's not very strong. But the message doesn't say Skywalker or Darth Vader's kids, though, so she doesn't know. Then I don't. Then I don't know what they're doing. That's so. Like I thought of that too, but it can't be it because it's not mentioned in the message, and the message is like kind of broken too. So it's like uh, all she knows is that someone important with Ben, who she met on Tatooine, and and the kid. They don't know anything else. She doesn't know anything else. She can assume that it's probably a Jedi. But she's not assuming that it's Vader's kid. If it is, then there's the, that's even a bigger egregious mistake. <laughs> but I don't get I don't get what's happening with this character in this reveal. Like I don't like I don't I don't think this is it doesn't it's, make they sense. They should have just focused me. what they've been doing. What's the best part of this series? We're focus the best part is focusing on Vader versus Obi-Wan. They should have just kept to that. They're very much like trying to do like what a show does, different storylines, yeah, yeah, yada, and trying to intertwine with them into the make it a full circle. It has not worked so far. And so far, as in it hasn't worked because we're on the last episode now. And it's not going to work most likely because of this these egregious mistakes that they're making with the character. Oh, well, I guess. That's going to do it for the recap. Episode 5, 4, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Episode 6, next week, next Wednesday, we're going to recap it. Maybe even see it in theaters. Let's now move on to our recap of Episode 4 of The Boys. Baby, 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 got your license to drive. Yeah, got your license to drive me. Yeah, crazy. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Come over here, baby. Let's go. Got your hands spread wide at 10 and 10. I'm gonna take you to driving school. All right, Ricky Flicks, it's time for the best show on television. Episode four of The Boys dropped last week. We got episode five coming this Friday, June 17th. But let's go over what happened last episode and let's have a nice little discussion. So episode three, okay, we get three episodes drop at once, two Fridays ago. Uh, the last thing that we saw, Okay, the boys themselves, they're going to Russia. Okay, they're going to go to Russia. They're going to go find Soldier Boy. They're going to find, actually, they're going to find this weapon that could supposedly kill Homelander. They end up finding Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, not exactly in the brightest of spirits, ends up drilling an absolute hole through Kimiko, blasting her through multiple walls. She's hurt. She's damaged. Okay. Riding in an ambulance after we have Butcher and Huey yoked up 
on 24 hour compound V exciting end to the episode reveal soldier boy. And then we also have to mention there's so many things going on in the boys. We have Homelander destroying, eviscerating, mutilating supersonic. Is it supersonic? Is that his name? Mm -hmm. So supersonic because he was plotting with, Starlight, okay, uh, ratted out by A-Train for, I guess, trying to undermine him. Uh, and we also had Homelander. So many things happened. Oh, my God. So Homelander overtaking Stan Edgar, Stan Edgar's daughter, okay? Vicky, Senator, basically undermining him and plotting with Homelander against her surrogate father. So many things happened during this episode, Ricky Flex. How do you think it followed up? The first three episode drops. This is a great follow up. It, this was fantastic. A little sad at the end. A little bit with the boys breaking up, maybe, perhaps. Yes, probably for an episode or two, but then they'll come back together. They're the boys. They're going to be back. But yeah, this was an unbelievable follow up to the uh, the previous three. Now, I need to make a statement here on the driving podcast. I think I have to read the boys, the comics, or the graphic novels. I heard it's a letdown if you read it. I heard, I heard, I heard it's not I, as good as watching it. Homelander might be the best on-screen adaptation of a supervillain ever. Like, best performance, to, dude. He is insane. He is insane. His monologues are, are honestly like Thanos, Heath Ledger, Joker, Darth, like the, those two levels. Like it's absurd, and he's done so many of them that you—it could be blasphemous to say this—but you could say overall better, just because of the, the actual volume and consistency he has. It is amazing what Anthony Starr has done. That final scene, and he's like, and then he's like, walk, like find a way to get home yourself. And then he's on, she's on top of the roof; Ricky. she can't fly. He is. I, we say this. We're gonna say this every week. So next four weeks, like buckle up audience but wow he is amazing his deliveries are incredible his deliveries are incredible and that says a lot because it's better than anyone on the show and then there's obviously a lot of characters who are just incredible think about butcher his deliveries still outdone by homelander i but need to homelander hear you say it that'll be huey like <laughs> he's so condescending right to anyone he's talking to i do feel that he's also just hilarious when you talk about his counterparts. You talk about like a Darth Vader or a Joker. Like he is so goddamn funny. Like when you have the beginning of the episode, you had at the end of episode three, the whole kibosh with <laughs> Starlight uh, and like basically having this public image of a relationship and then confronting Huey about it. And he's talking about how she is in bed and everything huey just quivering in anger starlight flashing in anger and then him rolling his eyes going women <laughs> and then like talking it's with Huey afterwards like the way he is composed at all times he feels nothing in terms of fear it's such an alpha We're especially just when there is no stan edgar now standing in his way after this episode he goes to see vicky okay the stan edgar surrogate daughter and he goes, <laughs> he picks up the tampon, right? He takes up the tampon and he goes like heavy flow day and then throws it. I'm like, oh my God, no other character has done this in history. 
no other and when he drops the i'm kidding i'm kidding like when he does that it's just like i don't i don't know how to describe it it's just incredible acting and the show overall like top to bottom the acting is hitting i wasn't sold the first season second season it improved immensely and with the anchoring of homelander in season three this probably is the best acted superhero project that I've seen in quite some time. Is your idiot brain getting effed by stupid? That's going to be an automatic, automatic quote from anybody trying to criticize somebody. My like, buddy and- said it to me. Nez, Nez said it to me Saturday. Nez, shout out Nez. Unreal line, and then she uses it later on. I'm like, eh, like, come on now. I wish they didn't do that, to be honest, but it kind of shows her progression there. But, um, I will also say another funny thing, Homelander, is like when Supersonic joins uh, the Seven and they have like those Burrito Bowls and he goes, Buenos, Buenos Dias, muchacho, uh, like whatever. Bienvenidos, amigos. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you we, tell I don't, he you don't says know it Whenever he's around, you can tell he's just like, like it's like capitalism. It's just like, it's like this dude, whenever he's around trying to market towards certain right. demographic, that's his go-to line. Like, How many he points is the up perfect embodiment of this character. He does it so goddamn well. And then I will also say Anthony Starr, like he posts the picture uh, this week leading up to the episode promoting it of him in the outfit, but without pants, just underwear. Like that got a lot of traction on social media. So like he's getting that, like he's okay being one with this character. Yeah, which like Tony Stark, like, Iron Man, which is he is which is great for fans of the boys. But now looking at it on an outer view as a podcast critique level of a career, right? Like we have a whole checkup, so you know I'm going to talk about his career. He is coming out with a movie with Guy Ritchie and Jake Gyllenhaal. I think next year. I forget what it's called, but like I would like to see him in other stuff. Like I think he's the way he's Homelander. I'm a little afraid. That he's always going to be Homelander, not just to me, but like he's he's so good at it, he'll never get past it. What I was thinking, Ricky Flex, is that this already got renewed for season four, but what would have been great if you had a, a movie after season three, just progressing in, into a movie like this character, Homelander deserves to be seen on the big screen, right? By audiences wide don't have a specific streaming service you could go and witness the the greatness of this villain do you know like it should be seen by everybody and once this if this character gets a movie it automatically goes into like the upper echelon of like superhero cinematic villains if if it just continues with the pace that he's keeping up right now all right let's just keep on your hot streak here how old is anthony Starr? 39 he's 46 wow he is a little bit older he's old like he's old can't do this I, forever so i don't know like we're the driving podcast we have a whole checkup for god's sakes you know i was gonna bring that up but it's impressive what he's doing season four he is the boys like and just kind of transition here to the other side because since we talked about that storyline so much i will say russia was good I think the ending was also good. We got this, the the temporary V, temp V with Butcher and Huey. That lived up to the hype. Soldier Boy definitely lived up to the hype. And the shocking twist, Kimiko, potentially dead. Definitely not. They would have showed it this episode. But I'm just saying that's that was a good ending to the episode as well in Russia. 
I, I was going to ask the first question I was going to pose is Kimiko dead? Because the way they posed it in the episode, they, they all, first off, one of the gorier scenes we've had this season, Kimiko, all right, they, ha- they have to carry out this mission uh, for the Russian who formerly worked with Frenchie. I don't know the name on top of my head. I don't know if you do, Ricky Flex. Frenchie? But yeah. Who, like Nina? Nina. Okay, so they're trying to they're trying to carry out this mission for Nina, so they can get the necessary mission materials to go get this weapon, okay, to potentially take down Homelander and then eventually find right Soldier Boy. So in this scene, Kimiko, right, first of all, she doesn't want to be a weapon. She says that she writes it on the phone, shows it to Butcher. She says, "I'm not your effing gun." And Butcher oh, you says, are. That's exactly what you are. And then. <laughs> She goes in, Russian like oligarch, with a bunch of contraband of dildos, a lot of dildos, a lot of dildos from seven, and then all of a sudden Kimiko is going ham. Okay, she is basically taking dildos, she's stabbing people through the eye. Okay, Uh, she first off the action sequences were incredible in this scene. Okay, as silly as it is, the side to side movement of Kimiko looks extremely athletic. Okay, using the dildos as weapons was laugh out loud funny the entire time. The vibrator that goes off in the dude's brain at the end is great. But then Kimiko is shot in the head. Okay, Kimiko is shot in the head, lives because obviously she can heal from anything, supposedly. And then, okay, ends up going back to the boys. They're now free and clear to go to get this weapon to kill Homelander. But on that way. Like in between missions, Kimiko has a conversation with Frenchie. In that conversation, Kimiko says, We should run away. We should go to Marseille. All right. We should go to France and then be together. And Frenchie's like, Yes, I love that. But as an audience, what's the like irony going on? It's going to be a lesson. Someone's going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. Someone's going to die. There's no way these people are making it to France. There's going to be a significant injury, if anything. And what happens? Obviously, Kimiko. Takes a shot from Soldier Boy as soon as he's released. A couple big reveals here, Ricky Flex. This could also reveal what is going to happen in the future of this season when it comes to taking on Homelander. Soldier Boy seems to have the power to take away other supers' powers. Make sense? So takes away Homelander's potential. So why else would Kimiko lose her powers other than the fact her proximity to one Soldier Boy? Right, and that can prove an important piece of information when it comes to taking out a Homelander, an Almighty Being, Butcher's secret weapon, to taking out right this God amongst men in Homelander. Did you get that vibe at all when you watch it, Ricky Flux? Yeah, no, that's that that this was the Kimiko dildo episode, uh, separate, and 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 then yeah, like you were getting the vibe, like this might be Kimiko's last season here. And once at the end, I, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense if she died right there, right when Soldier Boy hit her. Um, I still don't think she's dead, though, because they would have showed it this episode to end the episode. Instead, they're in the van trying to save her. I it's think it's like Succession season three with, with Kendall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm, I totally that went over my head, by the way. Remember that? We talked about that. I didn't think he was. I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, like why is it even dead? in question? I was like, what? People actually the think he's that they dead. Didn't show him die at the end of the episode tells you always that they're still alive. Remember that audience. Remember that. 
I think also, Ricky Flex, we got to talk about from that sequence in Russia, okay? We got Huey and Butcher taking Tempfi, okay? The squad, the boys, they don't know they're on V, right? Uh, we knew this was going to happen, right, in terms of the boys would eventually find out. We didn't know Huey was end up was going to end up taking V because he said to Butcher that he was not going to, or, or Butcher explicitly said, do not take this. Yet, he still does. Uh, Huey somehow ends up naked by the end of the fight. Okay? But the crew seems disappointed. So, I think there's a couple things going on here, Ricky Flex. We have Butcher, who is clearly getting addicted to V. Clearly getting addicted to V. And I think that's going to play a role later on in the season. Huey, okay, seems to have this toxic masculinity problem. Wants to feel some power over his girlfriend, his super-powered, like, co-captain of the seven girlfriend. I think we're in, we're entering, we're entering, excuse me, some interesting parts of the show now. Because has Butcher reached the position of being the second villain on the show besides Homelander? I want to say yes. I More so than Stan Edgar. Like, he is the villain. I don't know how Stan Edgar is going to like Stan Edgar will somehow come back to this show. I just don't know when and how we'll talk about that, for but sure. he will butcher is interesting because we got a backstory of mother's milk. Finally, not just with the soldier boy death, but also in this episode, how, butcher got, how he joined butcher. Yeah, exactly. You always wondered that we got that backstory. So, and that also tied into the end of the episode saying like, we're no longer the boys. I'm out find a new leader or whatever. So that was also very good writing. Like this whole episode just shows how good the writing is as well to the show. <sighs> Huey is annoying, dude. I'm done That's, with him. He's done always him. been annoying since episode one, season one. And this was just like, oh but he's God, always had that likability to him. He's always had that likability because like, okay, yeah, he, he's the, he's the nerdy more white guy who likes Billy Joel. Like, like, and still like, Man, no, he had some likability to him. He certainly did. I just feel like, oh, I feel bad for him. And he's underdog mentality. Okay. He was the guy who wasn't supposed to make it and then ends up like becoming, right, a fed and becoming like the leader of the, the boys in the beginning of season three. But now he's becoming annoying because he can't deal with the fact that his girlfriend's a soup. Lame. He's jealous too. Lame. He's lame. But also, Homelander is like in his head. Oh God, yeah, mental Home- midget. <laughs> Homelander <Huey>. is, yeah, <laughs> he is a mental midget. He is hundred percent. I think where we should go from here. So, do you think Soldier Boy is now on the loose at the end of this season? What is his role in the next episode or in the future of this show? Is he the secret weapon to take down Homelander that Butcher needs? I think so, and we talked about that. There's no being. Not even Soldier Boy with his powers. Like, there's no being that could defeat Homelander. There's no group of beings that can beat him. So, what's the only way to, to beat Homelander? Is to take away his powers. How do we do that? We can't do it through science. So, you've got to get a soup that could just somehow hit oh, him. I already got the prediction, Ricky. So, let me let me hear it. So, here's what's going to happen Soldier Boy is going to take away the power of one Homelander. This might be the demise of Homelander, not going to lie. You know why? Who's gonna strike her? Who's gonna strike him down? Butcher. Nave. Nave. Oh yeah. 
Maeve's going to strike her down. Barely in the season. Barely in the seven, right? And she's the one who plants the seed to take down Homelander. She's been training. No one knows how long she's been training. Everyone thinks in the world that she's an alcoholic at this point. Turns out she hasn't had a drink in four months. She's been training her life to kill Homelander, right? Training her entire so last four months right of her life trying to kill Homelander. So I think she's going to have an opportunity. Whether it's successful, is it? I, I guess I, something I, that we'll so say. The reason I why think, I, like, I think there's going to be a a strike against Homelander when he's impervious, but maybe it's not a death strike. Yeah, and the reason I'm on that bandwagon, I love the prediction, but I don't like the prediction of her him actually dying, is because this is also is a TV show, and there is an up season four coming, and who runs this show? It's Homelander, and. Who has proven that we don't really need them in the show? Also runs screen time. Maeve. We don't really do. We don't really need her. That's proven in this scene. I think it's intentional that we're not seeing her. I agree, but she but is we, very likable too. I agree, but I'm just saying it's proven that the show can be great without her. This show cannot be great without Homelander. So no way he's he dying think, this season. I think we gotta see how Soldier Boy progresses in this show because he would you, be taking the mantle from Homelander. Yes. That Come is, that, on. Well, you can't have Darth Vader in every single Star Wars movie. You're going to have Homelander as the main villain in every season of The Boys. That might get a little tired. That might get a little tired. And the fact that you're going to have some point, there could be, I think I made a note, there could be a point where we have like an X2 type of movie, okay? The mutants coming together, the boys right, are, that are all hopped up on 24-hour temporary compound V uniting somehow with Homelander against a volatile soldier boy in the next season. But you can't have... I'm down for that. You can't have... you. Well, they've already indicated, like, at some point, either Butcher is going to kill Homelander or they're going to be on the same team. It's, it's one or the other, right? That's what's going to happen. But, yeah. like, in my... Like, I just think Homelander cannot stay on top as the top antagonist for four straight seasons of TV. That's how things get stale. It isn't yet. It isn't yeah, because we're only in the middle of season three. But how many more seasons are they gonna do? I well, don't know. like like you have Stormfront to at least brunt some of the load in the last season as a mm-hmm. Nazi superhero. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Soldier Boy is also gonna carry that load somewhat here. I think controversial figure, more of an anti-hero type figure on his way back from right the dead or Russia. Same thing. <laughs> oh my god. Not wrong. F Russia. Um <laughs> go Ukraine. So <laughs> sorry, Putin. <laughs> Don't kill us. I'm um, not sorry. I just think uh I just think it's gonna be interesting. I, I, I think Soldier Boy throws a whole new wrinkle here, and I think it's going to prote- potentially prolong Anthony Starr as Homelander here. But like you mentioned the fact that he's 46 years old. I would have loved to see this as a movie to proceed with the series. Right, that's more of like an end of show type of vibe. Peaky Blinders, like season six just drops. Okay, I start that. Neither have I. Season six drops. I gotta finish Stranger Things. Season six drops, and then movie. Here we're probably gonna get like five, six seasons of the boys. Movie, Amazon, Bezos. Yeah, but it won't be on the big screen. I think continuing on. <laughs> what else we got? We get the senator. We got Vicky injecting her kid with Compound V. That was. Uh, I thought. 
I thought this was the most brutal scene to watch, in, yeah. including the dildo, gory Kimiko, Kimiko scene. Okay, I actually have a, I have a story. So I did mention you the last were injected pop. with compound V. I kind of wish no. Um, so remember I told you this past weekend I was in the airport, and then I told you about my ride to my destination, and then my ride home or flight home. But also, I did not mention after I landed on my flight there. Sorry, before I like on my flight there, I was in the airport for like a long time. My at a six a.m. flight, I was like, oh. I'm early enough. It's like 4 a.m. I could watch the boys. The boys dropped. So I watched the boys in the airport. Are you, are you on my Amazon Prime account? <laughs> Maybe. But. Bastard. <laughs> but uh, no, but all the dildos in this episode was very awkward in the airport with people around me. And like the American flag. This is not a show manager. you could just watch on the freaking airport TV or just like in public. You cannot do that with the boys. Yeah, it was it was like, oh, God, like I kept like hiding my screen. Like, eh, like, what are we going to do here? But uh, the one that really but the, <laughs> but the one sad. scene that like made me like, oh, maybe like I can't watch this is when the girl's getting injected with compound V, not the dildo scenes. I'll tell you what, Ricky Flex. What has me thinking, like, I'll give this to Homelander. This is the most powerful he's ever been. The most powerful he's ever been. He is the head of Vought. He's overthrown Stan Edgar. He has a tight relationship with Vicky. Him and Vicky are an insanely dangerous dynamic duo. Underrated. Insanely People dangerous aren't talking dynamic about it duo. Enough. You're talking about the, mo- the, like, uh, the only person that can kill Homelander, probably other than Soldier Boy, is Vicky. And guess what? Vicky's on his side. Vicky's not going to blow up his head. All right. She literally conspired with Homelander because, as Magneto would say, he's one of their kind. I love that. Very much X2 vibes. Anybody, did you get X2 vibes from that? Magneto? X2 Fastbender. I got Fastbender vibes from Home. I loved it. So it's interesting dynamics going on with Homelander. Like you, him and Stan Edgar, then him and Stan Stan Edgar's, uh, uh, surrogate daughter and we talk about like line deliveries i think i want to talk about homelander versus dan edgar not only does homelander deliver some of the coldest lines it's stan edgar when he says you are simply bad product to homelander one of maybe the best line of the episode and that hits home to homelander the only person that can really unnerve him at this point a man who feels like he's so on top of the world is one stan edgar which makes me think what does he have in store in the future for this show because you better believe this is not the last we've seen of stan edgar completely agree at what i even got mad at that line i'm like bad product homelander like no him, him slamming the glass too the most emotion we've seen from Giancarlo Giancarlo Esposito's character, mm. right? Mm. As he's walking away. Then he slams it. That's Unusual for a John, one of his characters in Breaking Bad or Oak Jet. Right. Or Just any, anything. Yeah. Very, very interesting there. But yeah, this definitely isn't the last we're going to see it from him. Might have to wait till the end of the season or even season four. Not sure. I don't know what they have in store, but he's definitely going to come up with something. We got so much here, Ricky Flex. We got so much here from the boys. There's so many different characters that we're following, different storylines, but a lot of them lend to taking down Homelander. We'll tell you that. Will they be successful? 
I don't think so. <laughs> so I think that's going to do it for our recap of episode five of the boys. Episode four, excuse me, of the boys. Any predictions in the immediate future for this episode, Ricky Flex, for the show? Guys, we didn't see Ryan this episode. Do we see him again this season? I don't think next episode, but I just want to say that again because we can't forget about him. I think we we get a storyline next episode of Soldier Boy, and then it's Butcher try butcher and huey trying to find soldier boy while also trying to keep the team together but failing kimiko lives kimiko definitely lives and then we got a train we didn't talk about a train a train oh my god in the deep getting into it so a train now is going to be uh, like now it's going to be those three homelander a train in the deep versus mave and starlight and then you got black noir the problem is, who's going to be the seventh, new seventh of the seven? Is it like, how are they going to explain Supersonic's death? Like this goes into Stan Edgar. It, it, I, I wrapped up too quick. This goes into what Stan Edgar was saying to Homelander: Who's going to cover your tracks? Mm. How are they going to explain this to the public that the newest member of the seven has died within a week of being in the seven through a mutilated death? What's going yeah. to happen? I guess they're just going to say it was a running accident. But, or we talk about this new truthful, like... Oh, my God. They say, oh, yeah. <laughs> Homelander's like, I killed him. Or, be like, <laughs> or no, he could say, like, oh, sexual assault against Starlight, my girlfriend, and I murdered him. Oh, Ricky, you might have just done it. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely murdered him. And then yeah. it would be like, oh, my God, Homelander's a hero. And then he gets more points on Starlight's side, and he becomes the most popular even more so than Starlight. Ricky, you're messed up, bro. <laughs> you're messed up bro. Seth Rogen hire me to join the writing of this show you're messed up you're messed up but I could totally see that happening because there is no there's nothing that's out of bounds with this show but uh, a train we uh, dude I almost forgot they did the Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial that was awesome <laughs> that was ridiculous that energy turbo turbo boost I think it is the turbo. show is so good it, that's a good meta like a good meta they get it. it. Like, they just yeah, get it. They, the show get gets it. it. And it's not too cringy. And I did want to say the guy who plays the deep is perfect as the deep. Chase Amazing. Crawford. He is so good. He understands the role so well. And like a lot of these actors that are in the boys are strictly in the boys since this show debuted in 2018. Like Chase Crawford, I haven't seen him do anything else, but obviously this series. I haven't seen Anthony Starr. Do anything but primarily this series. I haven't like uh Carl Urban, even who is known for doing a bunch of different supporting like Hollywood roles prior to this sh- uh show and was even the star of Dread, hasn't done anything besides this show. Huey, right? Jack Quaid is the only one who's actually done stuff outside of this show to a substantial amount, and it wasn't even substantial. He is going to be an Oppenheimer with Nolan as along with the rest of the world, but. He was in Scream, right? The new Scream movie. Yeah, and but again, Anthony Starr is going to be the guy. Like the girl who plays Starlight, doesn't do anything but the boys. Yeah, Chase Crawford. I'm looking at his IMDb. Not a lot. He did a couple things with Seth MacFarlane. He's going to be a boys, huge star. Gossip dude. Girl, like in another TV series that I never heard of. But yeah, he's really nothing. But yeah, he's, he's gonna, pretty I, good, I, dude. I he's going to be a big star. I, I, I could, I could see it. He does have like he's. Guess how old he is, by the way. Thirty-seven. You are really good at this, by the way. You are. He's 36. Damn. Damn. 
Yeah, he's turning 37 next month. But that's but, like uh, that's like 26 in like Hollywood years. You he's know? he like all right. Chase Crawford, he's got the looks, he's got the charisma, he's got the personality, like just think season one. But he, he showed some range and the some development in this show. Season two did a little dirty. Yeah, but like I thought acting wise, he was pretty good. Yeah, he he nails his character. He's pretty he good. I, I won't say star, but I would definitely say like, damn, like he's definitely gonna get some roles. I have a hard time seeing him doing another role just because he is so good as the deep. Oh man, um, he will, he will, because he's too good looking of a dude. Like, yeah, he's like, he's a good looking dude. Yeah, no, he he's gonna be he's gonna be, he's gonna be killing it. He'll be in the sequel to Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not a bad take no guaranteed that's gonna happen um i think also a train maybe the most annoying character on the show no huey huey i i I won't even like him and a train a train drives me insane just because like obviously he wants to make this like stand against like social like he wants to make a social justice type of stand against i think blackhawk's the name blue hawk blackhawk uh one who is basically antagon a hero that's antagonizing african-american neighborhoods uh doesn't get what he wants ends up fighting the deep after the deep has like these <laughs> facts pulled the up by his girlfriend <laughs> basically regurgitating information me. by his girlfriend um but also like he does the pepsi ad i mean the the kendall jenner ad it doesn't really mean it like he tells his his brother earlier on in the previous episode, he's like, "I'm not, I'm Michael Jordan, I'm not Malcolm X." And then, yeah, he gets eviscerated by Homelander after the deep, like obviously, like he confronts the deep about what he said in the meeting, and then he rats on Supersonic, okay, again, uh, to help out Homelander. To me, it's like it makes no sense, in my opinion, and uh, seems very contradictory towards. And I don't know what his end game is. I don't know what the the A Train's end game is. I think his end game is he wants to get back in shape, but I think he's going to be the storyline where it's like, I have a life after the seven, and he's going to go back to his brother by whenever he retires from the seven. And he's also the storyline of like the uh, injustice. And I think that he will get what he wants. Now that he did that, I think Homeland is going to make a point. That he gets what he wants, and even though it's not going to do dead. for Homelander's numbers, it's not I think do well. so. I I I do. Whether it's not in this season or the next, either in this season or the next, or it's not because of Homelander. Maybe A Train just has enough himself and takes out Blue Hawk himself. Not bad. All right, that's going to do it for episode five. God damn it! Four. That's going to do it for episode four of The Boys. All right, make sure you're tuning in following wherever you're listening right now make sure you're also subscribing to the youtube which you may be viewing at this moment follow us on twitter instagram okay at the drive-in podcast at the drive-in pod excuse me that's gonna do for episode 115 uh coming up on the feed we have an adam sandler movie draft dropping this friday this friday in honor of his new netflix movie hustle ricky flux and i will be going at it Okay, a lot of quotes will be interchanged. A lot of quotes will be interchanged, right? Be prepared for that. Make sure you subscribe to the blog as well. Check out the website. Fire content going on there. Dr. Rose is going to be off for the summer. A lot of new blogs coming to the Driving Podcast. Make sure you're following. All right. This is going to do it for Dr. O and the Flex. Until next time, 
we will.